0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or whatever time it is, wherever you are, and welcome to the Help Sheffield Help Podcast, episode 37. I've remembered that from last time, I've done really well. This morning we have Kate Josephs with us, and it's going to be an interview format like it tends to be these days, and Kate Josephs is the Chief Executive of the Sheffield City Council. Good morning, Kate.
1: Good morning, lovely to be here.
0: I think my first question is actually, that I'm going to spring on you, is what does the Chief Executive of Sheffield City Council do?
1: there's all sorts of ways of answering that. Fundamentally, I am the lead, the head of the, of the organisation of Sheffield City Council in terms of our organisation of 8,000 people working all over the city, whether that's our social workers, whether that's finance officers, whether that's whether it's housing officers, the people that look after our gorgeous parks. So um, so yeah, I'm the, the leader of that organisation. I'm not a politician, but what we exist to do as an organisation is obviously to, to implement the strategies and the priorities of the elected the democratically elected council so so that's my that's the that's what I do I could talk for for hours and hours and days and days about all the different facets of that but fundamentally that's my role to lead that organization to make sure that we deliver for um, for Sheffield and that we play a role in Sheffield that lifts the city and takes us forward
0: and you're fairly new to the job, aren't you? How long have you been in it and sort of where did you come from, if that's a, a weird question?
1: No, um, so I started in January, um, which is a, a hard and strange time to start, obviously in the middle of another another lockdown. I joined Shuffle City Council from a career in national government. So I've, I've spent the vast majority of, well, no, all of my career up until now, 20 odd years working as a um, a civil servant in national government. Both in the UK and in America, where I did a bit of a stint working um, in the US federal government in the Obama administration. And there's lots and lots of differences about being a civil servant at national level, but fundamentally it's the same, you know, it's the same. There's, there's a similarity in that we are objective, impartial officials, officers there to implement and advise politicians around how they how how to how to deliver their strategies and priorities so so I've done various things at national level for me over the course of my career I'd I'd got to the point where I wanted to come back to the place that I cared about I grew up in Doncaster I've got lots of really happy Memories of Sheffield, very happy that social media didn't exist when I was a teenager because because I don't want to be in this job now. But anyway, well, let's not go there. But, I, you know, happy, <laughs> happy days at the lead mill, shopping in Meadowhall, you know, all that. So th- this part of the world is my, has got my heart. It's where I grew up. It's where I'm from. And one of the things that I think had over over the years, I suppose I went into government and into public service because I wanted to... I wanted to make a difference or to contribute, and I felt increasingly like I wanted to get closer to the place that I cared about and feel like I could have that impact at local level. That's what brought me here. The most recent thing I was doing in national government was the, in number 10 in the Cabinet Office, where I was the Director General of the COVID Task Force for about six months. Uh, so that was a, a hard hard six months and, and, and an experience
0: I bet it was I tried to do things that are helpful by setting up a twitter account I'm not sure that's quite the same is it <laughs> I
1: think I, I think it is help I mean I, I, I think it is helpful I think that I think that Sheffield owes a debt of gratitude to the elf and and all of the the elf's helpers because we get <laughs> um you know you, you can get an answer to to all sort all manner of things and I think you know as a Uh, Although I've got, you know, I've got history in in the city and, and in the region, I've moved back here after being away 20 years, I brought my family here. And, you know, that ability to connect with and to use social media to connect with, to get answers to questions, however big or small, and to connect with other people is a really, I think, a really positive aspect of social media and how communities can exist both in tangible senses and in um you know and across the across the ether
0: yeah I, I've not met half the people that I have regular conversations with in my entire life it's quite odd to know I'm just like that's a yeah. person I know what the Twitter handle is I would not know them if I saw them in the street it could be you in disguise for all I know that I reply to all the time <laughs> I'm, I'm
1: not I'm, I'm on not work <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm just myself on Twitter there's no
0: so yeah, I've got a couple of questions that have um, been fired in from one from Ellen Beardmore works with the Sheffield Telegraph, which is, I suppose, what is the biggest challenge that you think you face with sorting out Sheffield is probably how simply people would try and phrase that, I suppose?
1: I mean, it's not it, it's not one challenge, is it? It's a It's a combination of it's a, it's a tapestry of interwoven challenges and opportunities. You know, I'm a positive, optimistic person. I don't think anyone you can be you could have an impact in these jobs if you don't start from a place of possibility and belief and ambition. But if I were to sort of try to boil it down, I think I'd focus on a couple of things. I mean, I've, I've, I'm have i on the record as talking about my sense that Sheffield as a city hasn't punched its weight for a little while. That's, you know, that I'm happy to sort of debate that, but I think that comes from a place of knowing and loving this city, knowing and, lo- and understanding and seeing all of the potential and all of the assets and strengths we have whether that's about our landscape our people the f- you know how friendly we are i think whether it's about our industry our creativity our our history and its potentials but i think there's all there's huge strengths in this place but there's a real sense that we hide our light under a bushel a bit i think um terry fox the leader of the council talks about us being under a blanket which I I like as a kind of image and I don't think we can underestimate how that that it does matter because we need to be in outward facing city in these times to be somewhere that can be you know that can compete and um achieve its potential you have to be you have to be able to look out you have to to be willing to learn from others to be willing to connect with others so there's a bit there's a bit around how we how we sort of get okay with the fact that we've got, we, you know, we, we've got some work to do to build, to punch our weight, and 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 I guess what does that look like in the context of this awful, you know, once in a, I don't know how more than once in a generation, once in a century, once in a millennium, the the, the pandemic that we've been through has just laid bare a set of challenges which which we have to respond to. When I think about what those are it's a combination of how we lift up it's sort of lifting up the city the future of the city and doing it in a way which is inclusive which which seeks to recognize and tackle the inequalities that exist here that is brave about tackling some long standing challenges and takes ownership of things that are not always in our control. I mean, there's been a lot of coverage today recently about the the huge crisis in funding and social care. And it's a really good example of, you know, you look at look at the um the challenge of the care sector, both for adults, for older people, those with disabilities, mental health, children, during the pandemic, that it's faced huge, huge challenges. There's, you know, decades long underfunding, and there's a there's a national problem. We've got to be part of solving that. Without, you know, we can't just sort of throw our hands up and say this is, you know, this is impossible. We've got to we've got to try and tackle these things head on, and also be a strong voice into national government about what needs to change. So that was a bit waffly. I should have prepared myself. <laughs> but know. Does that make sense? It's a sort of trying to, you know, trying to think about how we recover from it. How we recover from the pandemic and all the things that that's laid bare, and it's like you know it's a good opportunity to
0: you reset, assess.
1: yeah, yeah, to reset the the particularly to reset I think to reset as a council as an organisation. I mean we've we've published it's only a one year plan. We need to we need to get better at setting longer term strategic plans for ourselves as an organisation and for the city. But for now, it's really important that the administration and the council have set out, you know, for this one year. We're really clear about what we're going to prioritise. And I think, you know, for anybody, it's not that long. It's only about eight pages. If For anyone who reads it, and I hope people do read it, because I think it does give a really good sense of just the huge breadth of work that we have to do as a council um, and the scale of the challenges we face. But there's an awful lot of stuff in there that that highlights the opportunities we have, whether it's about reinventing the city centre and what that means, whether it's about really um, improving the openness and transparency of the council, whether it's about responding with humility and bravery to the recommendations of the Race Equality Commission. There's, There's a lot in there that, you know, you can, if you want to spin it negatively, you can, but you can also choose to say these are opportunities as much as they're challenges.
0: I'll find that out and share it with the followers and see if I can get anyone to read it. I do find, I don't, I, don't, I don't want to put any words in your mouth. I'm going to say these words, whether you're thinking it or not, that the Sheffield population is largely positive on a face-to-face basis, but you put a keyboard in front of them and they are one of the most negative people on the in the entire country. I don't know why that is. I don't know where that comes from. That's my experience. I'm not asking you to back that up or not, but this is the way it goes. I think my, my Twitter thing sort of does shine a light on the positives and finds out all those people who want to help and do that kind of thing. But I think if you go into other platforms, it's just a world of I don't know where you're coming from or how you've got to this point that's pessimism, I think. I think we do look to other cities in terms of, I think we often compare ourselves to Sheff- uh, Leeds and Manchester to just go, oh, we're not as good as them. I do find that a weird thing. I think we need to be Sheffield and not be yeah. Leeds or Manchester. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people would definitely see the qualities of Sheffield even if they've been to Leeds and Manchester first they just go this is a completely different animal I suppose.
1: Exactly first point you know there's a there's a whole other really interesting conversation there about what has about the way the way social media has changed how people interact and and how we deal as a society with the fact that we're allowed to have you know diverse and conflicting views but to you know how how we've managed that, but that's a sort of sidebar. I mean, on your point of that sort of comparison with other cities, I think you're absolutely right. And I mean, I want. I guess my perspective is having been away from the north for twenty years. The problem we've got in the north is not that you know Leeds is better than Sheffield is better than Manchester is better than. It's it's that as a whole, north we are not punching our weight. Nationally, and we need, and the only way we'll do that is by being confident about our our unique strengths. Sheffield isn't Leeds and Manchester; it's got different strengths. And but actually, we'll be better if we work together with those cities. If we work with our region, which is the other thing, and if we sort of work, if we see ourselves as a you know a confident player in a resurgent North, and I think we've got a huge amount to add. And I, I mean, it's just I don't I get I do get why people do it, but I. I find it really you know depressing when the answer is to sort of play down Leeds or Manchester or Barnsley or Doncaster because really should you know we should want to want to do do better together and we are into there's so much interdependency particularly from an economic point of view but from a family point of view I mean lots of people live all over the you know have family all over all over the place and I think that sense of communities can exist more broadly I had a funny thing where I didn't respond to it but someone someone made some comment on Twitter about I'd said something about I don't know would said something about being from South Yorkshire or being from and then and they said you're not but you're not from South Yorkshire you're from West Yorkshire because I was born in Halifax I lived in Halifax for about nine months I <laughs> lived in Doncaster from the age of three And I'm like, this is a classic, like, because I wasn't (laughs) born in self-taught I just, obviously, I didn't respond to it, but it's that sort of parochialism. It's just, you know, what's the point of it? Sorry, I just don't, you know, I'll argue that something in the face. I just don't don't think it does us any favours. And from the perspective of the people that we need to convince to invest in us, to partner with us, it just makes us look insular.
0: Yes, I agree. I've just been on holiday to Bradford, so that I'm keeping it real. Everyone's like, "Why Bradford?" Bradford's, a great, Bradford's <laughs> a great city,
1: and so many of our cities are facing really similar challenges. We you know similar challenges around how we tackle inequality, similar challenges about how we build community, and how we tackle the fact that you know we're all there's not enough funding in in most public services. How we bond to the future of the city centre. And the idea that we're all going to kind of go off in, in a little, you know, in a little corner and do it ourselves and not talk to each other and learn from each other again, yeah. I think is a very short-sighted view.
0: I know you're familiar with the city and the area, but having come back after 20 years of travelling around, what sort of surprised you and impressed you about what you've seen on your return, if anything?
1: I mean, I had I had forgotten how I'd forgotten how green it is. And I, you know, I think it is it is the most striking thing. And it's all—it is, you know, there. It's it's all over the city, the hills and the, the amount of green, the trees, the outdoor spaces. And when you talk to kids, I, went, I had a really lovely. Um, when it was, it was it was the beginning of the summer. I went and hung out in Norfolk Park with a group of uh, children who are in care. Who we, we do work with with them with uh, those sort of seven to twelve year olds. We were doing this work with a poet about the things they loved about sheffield and about living in sheffield they and their, their foster carers or their um adoptive carers and it was like it came across so much from all of them who live all over the city this idea of the open space and the greenery and i have to, i cannot say enough you know having lived in in london that is just it's it's good that's good for the soul <laughs> and then i think the friendliness of people i mean I you know i'm, I'm afraid i married a southerner um but he loves. I know. Apologies. He, I, thought, <laughs> I, I said to him I said, if we he stay here for the rest of his life, he might be able to to die in Honorary northern and we'll have to see. But he <laughs> he has commented so often on how just how much more friendly people are. You know how yeah. neighbors are friendly. How you go into a shop and you get into a chat with somebody, and I, it's not a it's it's not a cliche. It's it's real. It's what it's, and that has been again. That has just been wonderful, and. And those things might seem kind of esoteric, but I suppose they're things that that are there for everybody.
0: Yeah, someone tweeted yesterday. She'd moved to Sheffield. I think she moved yesterday, or the other day before. And I shared it and then replied to her. She must have had about a hundred tweets just telling her how to blend into the north and how to enjoy your time the best. And everyone's like teaching her Yorkshire words. And she's worried yeah. how cold it is. And I'm just like, yeah, these are all things. And then I was like, if someone smiles at you, they're not probably trying to mug you. They are just smiling oh, at yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, just, I
1: mean, I, I used to get told off by my kids when we lived in London because on the walk to school, I would. Say hello to the people you see every day on the walk, and smile yeah. at them. And like, oh my god, oh, Mum, it's so embarrassing. I'm like, I been to say hello to people. I'm sorry, I can't, I can't not do it. So it's nice now to be somewhere where I'm not the only crazy smiley person saying hello to everybody on the street. So yeah.
0: So to get back to what your mission is, I suppose, yeah. obviously the city centres, the big one that people tend to talk about. So where do you see it going in a physical sense, I suppose? I, I'm, I'm often sort of batting off people saying the city centre's dead because of shopping that's moved to Meadowall which is just a given and it's not dead. It's just re- evolving into something else. My sort of view is that it's going to social life and entertainment and things that aren't just picking up your shopping. Do you have a sort of semi-vision as to where you'd like it to go or what can be done?
1: Yeah, so I mean, we are one of the things in the one-year plan is a commitment to um, produce a sort of strategy for the city centre this autumn, and one of the things that's going to be quite important in that, and that we'll be we'll be sort of getting out and about more in the autumn to to try to really engage as many people in the city as we can in that conversation. Um, but a couple of things I'd say, and again, you know, I mean, I'm not. I, my opinion, my personal opinion on, on the sort of meta hall thing is it it is that's an interesting thing to come back and to still hear the same argument that I was hearing when I was here age 12, yeah, 13 about that. And, and that's for me something I, I do think I have to move on. I think actually I think Medal is a great asset in the city and the region. And I think what the pandemic for me has shown, it is so we are for me, we are where we are, and actually for what it's worth other cities other colleagues in cities are who have are very reliant on retail for their city centre are not you know are, are worried because yeah. there is a there is a definite trend away from retail being enough of an anchor now retail will always be important in the city centre um, but for me I think the opportunity Sheffield has and that is hard sometimes when you know you're walking down Fargate and there's bordered up shops. And I get, I feel I'm like, oh, this feels this doesn't feel good. But then at the same time, if you look at the amount of the amount of amazing stuff that's going on, you know, the heart of the city work, we've got brilliant um regen projects happening with uh with Leah's Yard and the Caverage Street Collective. We've got the red and blue coming into that lovely heritage building on pinston Street, which will have that facade retained. You've got a sense of there is an awful lot going on. We're in this really awkward bit where everything is very bordered up, and it doesn't feel—it feels like it's not—it's not, it, not going to. We're, you know, we're on the cusp of all of that. I guess beginning to feel feel real, and I, I think we can do a better job of explaining to people what what is already happening. At the same time, I think we've got to really embrace the challenge that every single city, not just in this country but in the world, is going to have to embrace, which is what our city centres for. And I, my my gut instinct is the you know links to what we've discovered from covid which is that question of what have people missed what have people missed in covid you know i'm sure some people have missed going going to the shops and they will they will continue to be able to do that but i think people have missed connection they've missed the ability to to be be with other people they've missed the ability to get together in groups that you know whether that's you know memory cafes or community groups or groups of young people they've missed the opportunity to go out you know and see see you know see films see see. theatre there's something for me about how we make the city centre a place that is has a balance of culture um, community activities and great public spaces there's gonna be a brilliant new city large, very large city park hounds park in what is now a load of car parks in the back of um, down back of division street the streetway so there's that sense of you know creating spaces that people want to come i think also people place spaces that people want to live you know we've got beautiful buildings in the city center we've also got the opportunity to, to build beautiful buildings and i think the idea that you know, different people and different sorts of things from where they live. Lots of people, certainly the case, and you see this in London. You've seen it in Manchester. If you look at the regeneration of, like, the northern quarter in Manchester, people want to. You know, lots of people would quite like to live in a vibrant city centre, yeah. but that needs to be wrapped around with amenities. And then, I continue to think we're obviously people. You know, we need to attract companies to bring offices to the city centre, and while lots of people might argue that you know the days of going into the office for some for some industries and some sectors are over i tend to be of the view that that's you know that's a a bit too far one way i think that offices will become different sorts of spaces it'll be really important to have space where people can collaborate where teams can come together where people who need need office space can get it and again you know if you if you want to be on a on the positive side, the fact that we have got the opportunity to build new buildings now means that we can design for the office of the future rather than rather than perceptions of what was needed in the past. So you know I I, I don't have a, you know, I'm I'm not an urban designer or a planner. I'm only one person, but I really want us to have these conversations with the city and with the an amazing number of people with talented with talents and views on their skills in the city to get ideas together. And to and to start to to kind of um, and and start to sort of reimagine what the city centre could be because we'll 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 have to do it. We might have to do it a bit quicker than some of the cities that have a little bit more of an anchor in retail now, but they'll all have to do it soon. So we can be the yeah. first, you know, we can be the first to we do ahead. <laughs> <before>. Exactly. We <laughs> if, can. Not Steve that we're that, competing,
0: but we could. <laughs> no,
1: well, we can. You know, we can learn some of those lessons. I suppose the other thing for me is that I don't know whether you'd agree with this. This is a sort of, uh, one hypothesis I have a bit about the city centre is that you want it to be, you know, that one of the... Well, people talk about Sheffield as this city of villages, which I, I don't entirely, but I think the geography of the city does mean that it's... It, places feel very contained, you know, places feel contained because of the yeah. hills and the valleys. And I think there's something about what would it take to make the city centre the place that brings those the outer areas together rather than do you know So i'm not if i'm explaining myself very well but the kind you of you mean up, yeah
0: i suppose up that's up like spot, basically. it's like a central meeting point isn't it? it's like the trivial pursuit board you've got all your things on the outside and then everyone goes to the yeah. middle to win there you go i'm
1: thinking about you know places that our our kids and young people would want to go and could connect bring communities in so yeah i think there's i think there's all sorts of opportunities there and i want you know there isn't. There's no single right answer. We'll we'll have to learn and iterate. And um, I hope that with all the work we're doing in the city, we've got a huge investment from government for the future High Streets Fund, which will regenerate Fargate, mm-hmm. and and lots of you know lots of really exciting projects that have been already delivered, like the Greater Green Project. Uh, oh, that's really down, nice. down towards the bottom of Castle Gate. That's that that shows what you know really beautiful urban design sustainable design bringing that sense of outdoor city into the city centre there's, there's loads of stuff we can we can do in that space and we just have to be focused on trying to do it together rather than rather than arguing with ourselves
0: the one that I like I've sort of stolen the idea of it, someone mooted it many moons ago but is having a cable car on the top of each hill into the city centre <laughs> so you have a, a park and ride at the top of every hill a cable car eight seven or eight different cable cars depends on how many hills you believe we have and then you it congestion, it looks fun, it's interesting and it's an easy way to get into town and back.
1: It's, that's definitely a radical idea. I think, <laughs> I think my I think my, uh, my 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 finance alarm
0: bell is... <laughs> <laughs> They've done it but in no,
1: there. I, I suppose it's interesting, that, uh, it, what it does highlight is it's, it, it is also really important that we're thinking really inclusively about transport and in, uh, into the city centre as well and how we make sure that everybody's able to get in and out and that we're doing that in you know, in a way that's consistent with the different needs of different communities but also with our commitment to our commitment to getting to net zero and to and to being a city that is has sort of sustainability a bold response to the climate emergency at the heart of what we're doing.
0: A simpler version of doing something that's not in place at the moment I've been trying to get stagecoach to allow dogs and bikes onto their super tram but they're not having any of it even though it happens in other cities it's to do with safety apparently well it happens elsewhere so I don't know what's different but anyway there's um,
1: yeah it's an interesting uh, yeah I mean definitely a good thing to lobby on and I think that you know there's lots of I'm really keen as well that we have a conversation as a city and as a region about the the future of mass transit in the region and how yeah. we think about that because the tram could be a huge asset if we were if we're able to leverage investment and um, think really carefully and clearly about what people across the region need.
0: Have you ever looked at um, Bogota in Colombia as a case study of what they did? So basically, they had a problem problem with, uh, well, it was very unequal in terms of poverty um, in the city. So basically, the funding from just about everything went to the poorest areas. And the first thing that they decided was that people needed to get out of the poorest areas to get to other places to do things, to go to work, etc. And a lot of people couldn't afford to just do that. So that's where they they actually did build a cable car and it left the poorest area and basically went into town. And that regenerated the area and they basically went from the poorest, left everything else for ages it worked for a while and then sort of money ran out but apparently bogota is apparently a really interesting model of how they sort of i don't like the phrase because boris johnson is using it, but the leveling up type idea so yeah if you want to have a look at bogota i don't know what i'd say after i've talked about columbia um, <laughs> <laughs> it's all gone a bit of awry now so is there anything you'd like to so obviously i said beforehand that i would usually do two questions i think you've answered the one question of what you can do what you're planning to do to help Sheffield the other sort of question is what can Sheffield do to help you I think one of the things you mentioned in there that I picked up on was the consultation of asking people what they want are we Mm. any good at that as a city do we fill forms in and say we want this that and the other because I get the impression that people would rather just moan on social media rather than be constructive on consultations we do
1: I mean we do I think we've got something some things to learn so I, I I have a I think that one of the things we need to to work on and and really want to work on as a council is thinking about engagement and empowerment of communities and and, and our people and recognizing that you know some things you can get a really good response and good evidence base from putting out a consultation form and having people fill it in but actually some of the answers to this will come from the conversation if that makes sense rather than from just you know a sort of one-way thing so I think it is quite important that we think of different ways to engage I and mean, one of the things I haven't talked about which is a really big priority and it's a, it's a big plank of, of this administration, it's a big a big priority in the one year plan is the implementation of local area committees and that is something I think that you can't people can and will, if they want, be cynical about, you know, this is just a piece of uh, you know, it's, it's a who wants to go along to a meeting about you know about my my bit of the city. You know, what what's the point of that? But I think there is something here about you know how can we we're, we're trying to get create the infrastructure to have different conversations throughout the city through the local area committees to give local people the opportunity to contribute their ideas around how funding local bits of funding are used, the things that are the biggest priorities. And so so I really would want to encourage people to say to go, go along to those meetings and shape the council, but to do it in a way which is, you know, if you, which is also con- constructive around how to engage. Because I think one of the things yeah. that we need to learn together is, you know, how do we get the energy that lots of our people have and allow, and sort of unleash it and allow, allow it to, um, to contribute? And I, I think maybe this isn't a problem that just Sheffield have, like historically public services have been quite sort of paternalistic I think and what we know now about the you know there's a kind of trendy word in policy making about called you know when we talk about co-production which you know like all trendy words in these things can end up being a little bit you know you can end up having a sort of very theoretical conversation but for me it's about saying when you are working in the space that where you're trying to improve and support people to improve their you know their their lives or their city or their community it's it's really important that we work to empower and engage them as well as just as just sort of ask them what they think they want and then give them the impression we can deliver it because some of the things we will need to do as a city the council can't do you know, the council the council can't do we you know, we'll need to we'll need to get everybody working together so that would be my would be engaged in that process but also yeah we're trying i think we're going to try really hard as an organization to be as good as we can as listening and that won't be necessarily won't do it perfectly well
0: Mm -hmm.
1: i think you know politics and the media can encourage you to be quite encourage the public sector to feel like we need to be you know a bit defensive but i want us to be open i want to be able to ask questions and I think tell us what you you know tell us what you love and what you want you see and what change you'd like to see I think would be my my ask we need to do some work around the kind of core ways we do that I've talked about implementing local area committees more of our teams in the council will be essentially getting out into communities we're really trying to do more of that getting more of a human face I guess yeah. um, we, we need to improve our website you know, that's not that's not news to anybody. I, um, we, we are working on that because, again, we need to create those cha- easier channels for people and we definitely need to improve our our phone channels so people can get in touch with us better. So, yeah. so I, I'm not naive that we've got some things we really need to work on improving.
0: I think the things that crop up most when I'm actually asking people what they think are problems in the city, not to be constantly focused on the negative, but I'm carrying on with it, are to get into the city, expensive parking, which I don't... Can't get my head around because it's probably the cheapest city in Northern England to park in, but mm-hmm. everyone just doesn't go. Because it's free at Meadowall, so it's a comparison that people go with. Not enough public toilets in the city centre, which I personally have never thought was a thing. Every time I put anything out, people are like, where are the public toilets? And they don't want to go to toilets in pubs or anything like that. They want to have public toilets like they mm-hmm. were once before. And then the other thing that's a little bit of a bugbear of mine is um, litter, which yeah starts with education before i presume you've heard of the sheffield litter picker group that's like yeah massive and hugely active um and does so much good work it's untrue during lockdown if i i was driving around doing my job as normal and i must have seen a good 50 litter bags every single day that people have gone out and done i'm just like this has gone it's over the top well not over yeah. the top that's ridiculous it's um, doing what it should be doing so, yeah, yeah, they're the things that come up a lot.
1: That, I mean, that's really helpful. And I think that's one of the things where actually, I suppose, to get to kind of try to give them a bit more meat to what I was saying earlier, a bit more example. What I then want to do is ask the question, well, why is it? Yeah, this sounds stupid, but so what, why do we need more public toilets? That's not to say, it's not to have an argument about we should or shouldn't. It's like, trying yeah. to, what's the underlying need there? Is it that our shops and restaurants are and places with toilets aren't welcoming to non-customers to go and use them because actually is it about um you know families I mean I you know I know my kids are old enough now to, to to be told to hold it in but you know I remember <laughs> young kids and you'd be out and about and then you're like oh goodness you know how, how am I going to um similarly with um you know it's the same with you know many people need to have that security of being able yeah. to be confident so trying to understand I guess the need that underpins the, the ask because and then talk about well what's the best way of doing it and have that conversation because sometimes I think we jump to well the solution is x yeah and sometimes this that solution is is hard for all sorts of reasons that might not seem obvious like you know plum. I don't know I'm gonna make stuff up but yeah it yeah. might be not. about costs it might be about some kind of regulatory thing and it's so it's trying to understand well, what's the need and what are all the ways we could resolve it um and you only get into that when you're having a conversation and a back and forth and you're open about the constraints that we face I suppose yeah. that's the other thing like you know we, we can't be as a council we need to be open about the fact that there are some things we can do there's some things we can't there's some things we have control over there's some things we don't there's some things we'd love to be able to do and actually with the support of the city we could go even further and even faster but but we can't do it on our own do you know what? So, so that's that, yeah that um,
0: Sheffield bid are trying to do what they've Called the LAV scheme, which stands for something, yeah. an acronym for something or other. And they've got two people, two businesses signed up so far. They said group just aren't engaging with that at all to allow people to go into their toilets. And I don't really know why that is. I don't, I'm not, no, I don't know why that is. Actually. And it's,
1: it's, a, it's, well, no, maybe that is something, you see, that's something we should, we should maybe, you know, do push on with the, the sense of, again, like how do you give voice to the fact that it's what people are saying that they they need. Remind me of the final thing you said. Sorry, I was about to concentrate. I was about to say something about it and it's completely lost your point. No, no, the bit. thing about the third, the third issue that you raised, that people raised oh with you.
0: litter, car parking yes, litter. prices. Yes, sorry,
1: yes. But the litter, I think, is a really. it is again, it's all relative. I have to say, it's a lot. It's a lot better here. Mostly than it was in most of the bits of London I lived in, but it, it, there are particularly something mean, there it's a problem all over the city, and it's a particularly intense problem in some parts of the city more than more than others. Yeah, and it shouldn't be, and I'm I'm so grateful to everybody who gets out and does litter picks, and if I can, I'll be doing my joining my local one. It's one on Monday, I think. It shouldn't have to be that way, and and it is about education, and it's also about I think how we instil that kind of pride in our spaces and in our in our public spaces. And the main thing would just be to say what grateful I am to all the groups that do this and how grateful we should be as a city to that. And we obviously, you know, we, we try to make sure our street cleansing services and our waste services are doing the best job they can. Yeah. But with the best one in the world, if people are going to shock rubbish all over the floor, that all all hours of the day and the night again you know there are constraints on what we can we can afford to to do we just so
0: take it home
1: <laughs> no, exactly I think I, I, <laughs> I is also, it is a mystery to me i have to i mean i i have to be careful because i'm also one of these people that will i have to be careful because again i'll embarrass my kids if i see someone dropping into a litter i'll say i'll say to them are you going to pick that up yeah which you know causes me to be kind of you know i don't get spoken to for about two days by my children you know so I, I, by me I think there is something about we've lost a bit about confidence and I understand that because you know this is there's a 50% chance I'll get a load of abuse if I do that and I'll yeah. get sworn at or I'll get some horrible horrible remarks but I guess you know lucky that I've built a thick skin
0: well I worry looking like I do I think I'll come over with just being purely aggressive and I think this is just yeah. going to end up especially if it's a of bloke it's just going to be a, a one-way <laughs> yeah. response yeah. like this is not going end well I did see a, a picnic bench the other day on Broadfield Road and it was less than five yards from a bin and there were about 20 items of litter on the floor under the picnic bench and I'm just like the bin it was empty i was like it's mm-hmm. so close it's untrue I just don't get it but anyway that's mm-hmm. for another time maybe and we have talked for longer than I planned but that's all good do you have any sort that's of final? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think
1: uh, what I haven't said, what I haven't
0: told I was just going to say, have you got anything else that you want to get out to the, the people?
1: I think, I guess, I just want to ask, I, th- I want to ask people to give us feedback. And I know that that sounds like, well, you know, we all, we, these, the council exists to serve the people of Sheffield. I exist. That is what I am here to do. That is my job, sort of day and night. That is the job of all of our staff. That is what we, that is what, believe it or not, does get us out of bed. And and, and that's what motivates us. And that's all the people of Sheffield and that's, you know, the city as a whole. And the only way we can do that is by being willing to listen and understand what Sheffield wants and needs. And obviously there's a huge part of that, which is about how we, you know, working with democratically elected politicians who are there, voted in by the, the people of Sheffield to, to represent them. So that's a huge part of it. But it's also really important as in delivering services, in making decisions, in making hard choices and trade-offs because, you know, that is the nature of the beast. We do not have, we don't have enough money. You know, being completely honest, we, we don't have and, and we'll not have, all local, local government is in, in crisis from a funding point of view. We do not have enough money to do everything we want to do. We don't have enough resources to do everything we want to do. So we have to make hard choices. And in doing that, I guess what I'd ask for is that, yeah, is that the people in the city who care about the city recognize that that's what we're trying to do that we won't always get it right but that we want to hear we want feedback and we want we want to we want to understand what you what you want and need and we want I guess some my, my kind of request would be a sort of to balance that with some kindness and patience and some respect for the fact that the people who work in the council are by and large working really really hard um and I'm you know I should it, they're of me not to end by saying a huge thank you to every single one of those members of staff and I have done as much as I can and continue to get out and about and meet our teams whether in virtually or in person and to a person I've been thoroughly thoroughly impressed by the commitment and you know many 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 of our staff live in Sheffield all of them love Sheffield and want to do a good job so for me it's something about you know challenge us but do it with kindness and do it with a recognition that the only way we will be the city we can be is by doing it together and and you know I know that might sound that might sound like completely Pollyanna-ish like I'm some sort of you know happy happy clappy but I just I just think the strengths we have we are a place that cares we are a place that is friendly and we are a place that knows how to creatively solve problems. We've done it for centuries and and that's our that's our heritage so let's focus on that rather than on just getting sucked into to the sort of negativity and the you know why can't we be more like leads <laughs>
0: <laughs> suppose that's a good to end, place to end it so. as long as you
1: don't quite as long as that doesn't become the you know people do media training and they say, t- you know i haven't had it i should say <laughs> <not got> this, <laughs> they say to you never say something with a pause on either side that can be taken out of context. So you can't just, as long as nobody can turn that into a, a TikTok
0: meme. That's <laughs> all I'm planning to do this afternoon. That's my only <laughs> mission is to cut out the bits where I can do, do you over, basically. No, that
1: would be very, un. that would not be in keeping with the kind of spirit of the elf, I don't think. It, don't, you, really. You're
0: quite correct. I'm going to the pub. So, you know, I, I won't have time exactly. to do that.
1: Well, stay safe.
0: <laughs> I'll try my best. And so thank you very much, Kate Josephs, the Chief Executive of Sheffield City Council. I really enjoyed that and I'll put it out at some time in the future. So thanks for listening, people. If anybody actually downloads this and has a listen, thank you very much.